The Adam Crowley Show. Crazy animal, those ducks, Adam. They always try to swim and look calm underneath, but on the surface, they're just... Back to you. Adam Crowley. The Crowl Man. On ESPN Pittsburgh. Kate Brown is a longtime hockey writer. She is at the Washington Capitals Stanley Cup Parade today. And she tweeted this. I overheard walking on the 7th. Crosby's golfing right now, and we're celebrating the cup. Actually, Sidney Crosby never golfs. He's probably playing hockey somewhere because that's the only thing he cares about. Also, Sidney Crosby, even during the championship parade, is all up in the head of Caps fans. I mean, that guy, they can't get him out of their minds. Alexander Ovechkin's dropping the F-word on stage, holding the Stanley Cup as T.J. Oshie pours beers down his shirt and into his mouth, and they're thinking about Sid. The Capitals might have won the Cup, Penguins fans, but the Penguins are the real winners. You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call, or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. Brian LaMartina sitting across from me, shirtless Tom, to my right, through the glass, and Antonio Brown was smoking something through glass. Before practice tonight? I don't know. What the hell was Antonio Brown saying in the locker room today? In fact, I don't know, so I need you to help me figure it out. Here is Antonio Brown speaking, despite me not knowing what the words actually were. Sorry, don't you put pressure on yourself, though, AB? I mean, you talk about that a lot. Yeah, but not the pressure you guys put on me. You know, I'm not writing about where I'm at, what I'm doing, making up stories, asking my teammates stuff they got to answer for. You know, I'm here and I don't want to throw it back up. You know, we got a rookie quarterback here. Where's the respect? But, you know, no one cares about, you know, what they write about and what they say about people. You know, I'm just left to deal with. Love practice, right? You, you hear all the yeah. time. Yeah. Well, it's a tough time, you know, the time you live in. You know, you start to think from the perspective of my kids. You know, the time I miss out from their lives. You know, obviously, you know, me being away, they're down in Florida. So, you know, I started to think what's important. You know, if I'm playing football to make a lot of money, or I'm playing football to take care of my family. You know, so some of the decisions and things I think about. AB did not come here every time. What I'm sorry. You? Did AB not be, did Ben not begin here have any impact on that decision? I play with any quarterback. No matter who's here, I play with the Steelers. It's not one guy that I'm you know, it's not one guy. But again, you guys write the stories, you know. Uh, I gotta wake up to the Google alerts, you guys, you know, constantly under the pressure. I can't go nowhere and work out by myself. Fans come meet me at the field, you know, I can't do nothing normal. You know, you guys write about me every day, my mom, my kids see it. So we have to deal with these type of things, you know. Uh, and I started to think to myself, am I really free? You know, I can't really express myself in this game. I can't really tell you guys how I feel. You guys make the pressure to put pressure on me all the time. Am I really free? You know, and I got to ask myself that, being in regards to taking away time from my kids and everything that's going on. So I had to get away to, you know, free my mind. What did you learn from that process? Well, I'm still under pressure. You know, you guys in my face asking me about not showing up to volunteer practice, you know. That's the world we live in, though. It was kind of funny, though, wasn't it? You were talking about Le'Veon. No, nah, you guys you guys paint me a picture to talk about Le'Veon. I, I'm not involved with Le'Veon business or his contract. You guys write about it and say, oh, AB says he show up. I just say the first rule again, better to show up. I didn't say he got to show up. He got his own business. 
But that's why I go back to referring. You guys put the pressure on me all the time. In regards to life, in regards to everything, and, and we just supposed to take it. You know, that, that, ain't, that ain't freedom. Do you have any problem with Bruce Arians or Mike Tomlin based off your I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have a problem with anyone. Uh, I just feel like as a player, you, you play this game so much, you don't never get a chance to really express yourself. You know, everyone's telling us to, you know, bottle everything up and don't say nothing. And, you know, when I reflect on my career, you know, there's a lot of people, you know, that, that put a lot of pressure on me. And, you know, when I take time to reflect, you know, I reflect like, you know, guys who have made it hard on me for no reason. All right, first of all, is he queen? Because I've never heard anybody else say pressure more times than they did. Second of all, I wake up to Google alerts. Le'Veon, you can set that off. His name is Antonio. You can turn that off, man. I just put on Do Not Disturb. Every group chat I've ever been in, I put on Do Not Disturb because people start talking to each other. You get 4,000 messages. It's what you got to do. Turn off the Google alerts. You'll sleep a lot better. He also said, you guys paint me a picture to talk about Le'Veon. What the hell does that mean? I'd like to see that picture. You guys paint me a picture to talk about Le'Veon. So the English language got smacked around a little bit there. But there was a lot to chew on. Antonio talked about freedom. Freedom! Like he's Mel Gibson. Is there any player in the history of the Steelers that has been allowed to do what he wants to do more than Antonio Brown? And I mean that seriously. Antonio Brown was in the locker room after the Steelers won a divisional round playoff game against Kansas City, taking video of his teammates, most of whom are walking around butt naked. And then he gets Mike Tomlin on camera saying derogatory things about the New England Patriots. You know what he got for that? A slap on the wrist. A little chastising from the media, certainly. It's what we spent most of the week talking about leading up to the game against the New England Patriots. But he did it. Didn't really get in trouble for it, and you want to tell me that that's not having freedom? Antonio Brown uses social media more than any other Pittsburgh Steeler, and that is a hard feat. Have you met Juju Smith-Schuster? Now, he doesn't do it as well as Juju Smith-Schuster, but he's all over the social media. He complained about how fans are showing up to places where he's working out. Hey, A.B., stop Sending out Snapchats of you working out at Norwin Friggin' High School. It's kind of obvious where you are. AB did have a point when he was talking about how the media made it a story about how he wasn't at voluntary OTAs. He said it had nothing to do with Ben not being there. But where he lost me is he was going to get chastised for that because he called Le'Veon Bell out for not being there. He said, Le'Veon should show up. In fact, that's my version of it. Here's what he actually said. Yeah, we text. You know, I tell him how his tape's not that good. You know, how he, how he need to come out here and play with me. But, you know, all that don't matter. You know, he's got to take his business. How much did you feel, though, like the, the way that you handled things when you were trying to get a contract extension was maybe set an example for him and others and just in terms of being here, doing your job, and, and hoping that they'll take care of you? Or is this a completely different circumstance? Well, the first rule of getting better is showing up. You know, you can't make anything better without showing up. So, you know, I think if you show up, you know what I mean, make everyone understand where you want to be. You want to be here for not this this year, for years to come. You know, come out here and show up. You know, show up and get better and show guys you see. So Tom's all excited because yesterday in the first segment, he screwed up a couple of sound bites. 
Today he played two sound bites in the first segment. Three. Three, sorry. Well, I thought it was two, and I yelled, woo, two for two during the sound bite because Tom was so visibly aroused in the next studio, and I forgot to turn my mic up. So that was me being really excited for Tom, who was really excited about doing what he's supposed to do, which is his job. But I didn't do mine there. But Le'Veon gets in trouble because he says the first rule of getting better is showing up. You can't make anything better without showing up. So I think if you show up, I think everyone will understand where you want to be. That you want to come here not just this year, but for years to come. Come out here and show up. Show you want to get better and show guys you're serious. Man, I don't care what this has to do with Le'Veon, but when Antonio Brown is saying that the media made it a story that he wasn't at OTAs. That's where the story comes from right there. The story comes from Antonio Brown saying, you got to be here to Le'Veon Bell through a reporter, painting a picture or whatever Antonio Brown said. And when you say stuff like that and then you leave, that's going to be an issue. It's a bad look. You got to be here. Peace. You got to be here. See you later. You got to be here at OTAs. I won't be, though. Antonio Brown is getting scrutinized because Antonio Brown puts his foot in his mouth. Now, getting pissy, if you're a media member, about guys showing up or not showing up at OTAs, I understand why that would be a touchy subject to players when maybe Mike Tomlin said, you don't have to be here. Maybe Mike Tomlin said to Ben Roethlisberger, you don't have to be here. They know things that we don't, and they are, in fact, not mandatory. But he's the victim of his own verbiage here. He's a victim of his own quotes. The reason why he was getting ripped is because he himself ripped another teammate. And that wasn't taken out of context. That was 41 seconds of gold right there that Tom played, and I was very proud of Tom for playing, that give you the exact context with which Antonio Brown was looking at that question. And Antonio Brown still gave the quote that he did. AB ain't getting no sympathy from me, man. The Steelers went 13-3 and last year. They've won 45 games over the course of the last four seasons. That's a really good football team, one that is a legitimate Super Bowl contender. They went to the AFC Championship game two years ago. Uh, this year, they were the number two seed. They had a bye in the AFC. And yes, of course, people will say that they underachieved, but a team that's had that much success over a four-year period should be a lot more likable than this team is. Le'Veon Bell blames the media and the fans for ripping him, even though he turned down a $13 million contract and raps about all the wrongs that have been dealt to him in his life. Antonio Brown lashes out at the media for painting him into a corner whenever it was his own words that got him trapped. We all know Ben Roethlisberger likes to set the narrative on Tuesday prior to the Mike Tomlin press conference. There are a lot of selfish players on this team, a lot of players who are trying to set their own agenda. And because of that, this isn't a team that is very likable. They've had a butt-ton of success. Imagine if this happened in Cleveland. Four years of this kind of success, four years, 45 wins, a trip to the AFC Championship game, 13 wins last year, and... 
You almost don't want to have the root for these guys. A.B.'s a hell of a player. Le'Veon Bell's a hell of a player. I don't think A.B.'s a bad guy, but sometimes he's not the brightest. Sometimes he does hurt himself with his actions because he's just being ignorant. And because of that, because of what Le'Veon does, because of Ben Roethlisberger setting the agenda, they've become an unlikable bunch. 412-922-2874. Ray Fittipaldo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette will be joining us today at 540. He was there with Le'Veon. We'll see if he can decipher some of this. We're going to break it down a little bit more coming up at 440. I mean, you need a translator with some of this stuff. It's not because he's a bad speaker or anything like that. It's because he, well, he doesn't understand English. He doesn't. They painted me that question. What the hell does that mean? Is this like when Vontez Burfitt was going to get painted on the street by Vince Williams? I don't know. Maybe Ray Fittipaldo does. We'll talk to him at 540. Here's me being really excited about Tom dropping a soundbite correctly. It doesn't matter. You know, he's got to take his business. How much did you feel, though? Like <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Tom goes two for two on sound bites, and I'm so fired up. Yeah, so the entire like day here, we're giving Tom crap about yesterday. So he messed up with the sound bites today. It's like big hype. Tom's like real down on himself. So he's just he's itching to hit these things right. <laughs> he gets it all right, and you come in and you drop that. Although I could say I screwed up. I do. Well, I could take an angle that I won't take, but I'm just saying I could take an angle since Tom is. The guardian of all that goes on the air, he should check down first every time he does something like that to make sure your mic's off for you. But you're not going to go there. You're not going to take that angle. I'm just saying that that's a possible angle that could be taken. But you're not going to take it. I'm not taking any angle. Okay. I'm just saying that's an angle that could be... Okay. You know, I wouldn't go there either, but it would have made sense for Tom to pop me down. I mean, like, am I wrong that like a really good board out would have been on top of that? But we're not going to go there, right? We're not... No, we're, of course we're not going to go there. But a really good board up, I think, would have potted it down. It, it, that's something I could say. It's not something I'm going to say. Yeah, I mean, good board ups just don't miss that kind of thing. But you were too for two. How much did you feel, though? Like the- we got Jason Mackey coming up next. <laughs> he wrote a great piece in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette about what the Penguins' plan is this offseason. Uh, he talked to Jim Rutherford. There's some real nuggets to get to. Yeah! With Mac Daddy coming up when we return, it's the Crowley Show. It don't matter. You know, he's got to take his business. How much did you feel though? Like the- Michael tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. So let me get this straight: media blasts AB for not being at OTAs, making something out of completely nothing. He responds with the reality of the situation, and he's unlikable. Yeah, he is, Michael, because he said of Le'Veon, quote, come out here and show up. Show you want to come here, not just this year, but for years to come. And then A.B. didn't show up for the last eight OTAs. The media didn't create this. He did. That's hypocrisy. And we don't deal with hypocrisy well on the Crowley Show. Enough of the Le'Veon nonsense for a moment. I'm sure we'll get back to it. Oh, in about 18 minutes here on the Crowley Show, but Jason Mackey of the Post-Gazette 
spoke to Jim Rutherford, the Penguins general manager, and wrote a very good piece you should absolutely check out if you haven't. I tweeted it out at underscore Adam Crowley. Mackie, how are you today? I'm doing great. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. It does not seem like GMJR is concerned about the Phil Sullivan relationship. So what that says to me is that if the Penguins trade Phil, it's not because of that, but it's because they'd be doing so because he would be at his highest value. Yeah, and that's the way it was from the get-go, to be quite honest with you. And I'm not trying to, you know, rain on the parade or any, of anybody. And, and we had one in our own paper, so, you know, whatever, that sort of played up this, rift or disagreement or or there was an issue or whatever and there might well have been an issue between phil castle and mike sullivan my point in what i wrote yesterday was that's not weird um, as somebody who played competitive sports obviously nowhere near the level of these guys but i mean you have disagreements with your coach it happens it doesn't mean things are irreparable and jim is fine with how things sit right now and if they went back to training camp the way things are right now there wouldn't be an issue um you know, that being said, I, I wouldn't say that Phil Kessel is untouchable this summer, just like I don't think any of his players are untouchable this summer, other than Crosby, Malk, and Murray Gensel. You know, that's probably your four that he would hang up right away. But, um, you know, he was pretty uh, pretty explicit that he is open for business and he is listening and he will do something this summer. And I wrote that as well. But um, like you said, if, if he does do something with Kessel, it's because he gets a deal he likes and he feels like it makes them better, not because there are any sort of issues going on. I would definitely put that in the drastic column if it were to happen, if Phil Kessel's moved, obviously, the back-to-back Stanley Cup champion Phil Kessel. Does it sound like Jim Rutherford is thinking about rocking the boat a lot this offseason? I don't know, it depends on how you want to term a lot. Um, I... Do I think there are going to be roster players traded? Like, you know, guys that are among their 18 best skaters? Yeah, I do. Um, I don't think it'll be a top four defenseman. Um, I think, uh, I think Carl Hagelin is possible to go, although not the most likely. I think the guys that are probably the most likely, you're looking at Matt Hunwick, Connor Sherry, they make a lot of sense. I feel like somebody could probably covet Tristan Jari, um, and he is certainly a tradable asset for the Penguins. Um, you know, Kessel, I'm, I'm less convinced that they're going to do anything now. I just don't think there's been sort of the, the undercurrent of interest. Maybe they hoped. Um, I truly believe they think Derek Broussard is going to be a part of this team next year. So um, I feel about to say there aren't a lot of routes they can go, um, but you're probably looking at a Hunwick, Sherry, Hagelin, Jari somewhere in that mix. So, I mean, I would classify that as significant, but probably not huge. I'd hate to see Broussard get parted with. Do you think that his struggles this year were more injury or fit-related? I think it was a little bit of both, to be honest with you. I mean, I think late in the season he started to feel comfortable um, and then got hurt, and then he came back, and he wasn't 100%. He might not even have been 80 when he came back, and then you know, I think it sort of destroyed the fit he found. He was never the same player. And I also think it, it was a little bit on the Penguins, and they didn't play him with – the right line mates, and they didn't do that consistently enough. I mean, he was like the town bicycle for a while. I mean, you're trying Kessel there, you're trying Sherry, Rust. They just couldn't settle on anything. And I don't care if you're Derek Broussard or Sidney Crosby or, or anybody. I mean, you have to have some consistent line mates, and they just didn't find that. And I think that with an off season, I think he's very likely to stay at him. And with an off season, I think he's going to be just fine. Riley Shan, Tom Kuhnhockel, Brian Russ, Dominic Simone, Jamie Alexiak, Tristan Jari, Daniel Sprung are all RFAs. 
uh, all likely to get done, or will any be let to walk? Yeah, no, they're all likely to get done. Uh, I think there's a desire on both sides for all of that to happen. I think with the Penguins cap situation, the cap going up a little bit, a lot of these guys I would say aren't, you know, long-term things. Like we looked at Dumoulin and Sherry last year, and it was sort of, it was pretty obvious, you know, Sherry coming off 23 goals, Dumoulin is a no-brainer at this point, but that they would re-up for something longer term. Brian Rust fits in that category, but yeah. the other RFA guys, Alexiak, Shea, and Dominic Samar, like, they're probably year to year. You know, they're going to sign prove it things. Um, and so I, I look for them to do that. They don't have a ton of bargaining power right now. They'll come back. I, I think one or two can earn some paydays um, after next year, but right now I, I think you're just looking at a lot of one-year tenders and those guys coming back. And this is all obviously hypothetical, but if a guy like Kessel is moved, are the Penguins, is Jim Rutherford looking to get back a player that is a, a top D-pair kind of guy? Is he looking for a couple of wingers in order to fill out the depth? What do you think the Penguins would be targeting in terms of if they do wind up moving a guy like Phil Kessel? If Jim could, one of his, it might be his biggest, priority this offseason is to find a third pairing defense from the guy's right-handed. If that could come in the Kessel deal, that would be great, although it didn't happen, or it doesn't have to happen. Um, but, you know, Phil Kessel is obviously a top six, you know, elite level player. They're not looking for that in return. If they would trade him, it would be mostly to free up cap space because they're going to have some heavy contracts coming down the pike. Uh, Jake Gensel, for instance, Matt Murray, I believe, after this year only has one more at 3.75, so he's going to get paid um, so they're going to need the flexibility. Um, I, I know they would like to restock some of their draft picks and their, their farm system. It's not great right now. So, I mean, if, if Kessel gets moved, you're likely going to see it for top picks slash prospects. And the you know selling point to them or the attractive part to them would be the cap space that frees up 6.8 mil. Jason Mackey joining us here on the Crowley Show. You mentioned in your piece on the Post-Gazette that uh, you wouldn't think – Tavares would be a guy that they would be going after or be able to fit in uh, without you know cutting off their nose to spite their face at that point. Um, I don't see him being a fit either. Uh, I do suppose I understand some of the speculation because Jim Rutherford always does go out and get the big fish, but I just don't see that being a realistic possibility. I'm with you. I'm with you. And there are two things that I wrote in there, and it's obviously from hearing certain things, but Tavares would very likely not accept the third-line role. And if you brought him in, I mean, the, the money that he is theoretically going to command on the open market is stupid much. You know, he might end up making more than Evgeny Malkin. And let's just say he makes with Sydney. Let's say he counts 8.7 against the cap. How do the Penguins get there? How do they free that up? Yeah. I mean, you basically have to get rid of Kessel and Broussard to fit him in. And, you know, you got to figure that you're going to have to open up jobs somewhere. So, I mean, would you take Derek Broussard and Phil Kessel taking another crack at it, or would you risk bringing in John Tavares? I, I like what they're doing now. I think they're just fine. I just think it would be too hard. I don't think Tavares would accept that role, and it would just take some really crazy stuff going on cap-wise. If they were to move Phil Kessel and – I realize I keep coming back to this hypothetical, but it's sports I know, talk it's like radio. Your third question in a row that started. If they move Phil Kessel, well, I just yeah, it's fun. I, I want to know. I, I kind of want it to happen because I just want something to happen. And I know that makes me terrible, but I would like to see it happen for that reason and maybe that reason only. I do want to see the Penguins win, though. So whatever they do, do I'll have faith that Jim Rutherford's doing it for the right reasons. But if they were to move a guy like Phil Kessel, 
Uh, maybe you slide in a John Carlson salary. How about that? You want them to bring in John Carlson? Is that what you're saying? I mean, it wouldn't hurt. Uh, I I don't think it would hurt, but I don't think it's happening. I mean, what are you going to do? Uh, they love Google and Lukang as a top pair. I mean, Lukang's not going anywhere. He's not tradable. I, I well, come on, man. Washington's not going to let John Carlson go. Maybe John Carlson. Um, a- maybe John Carlson does not like to party as hard as the Capitals are partying right now, and would like to get to a more uh, kosher environment. Yeah, maybe maybe he and Barry Trotz have a rift. Maybe that's what it was. <laughs> well, Barry Trotz deployment. not going to be there either, Mackie. I'll tell you what, he's going to go somewhere else too. He doesn't like the drinking either. Oh, give me a break! Give me a break! Trotz is going to come back. Carlson's going to come back. You don't see turnover like that, especially the extreme stuff with it cup-winning team. I, I, I don't even think adding John Carlson would be a great move for them. Already, I think Justin Schultz took a little bit of a step backwards because Latang was healthy all year, and he didn't get the minutes and deployment that he normally did. And you're paying a guy $6 million to quarterback your second power play at times. I don't I don't fault the Penguins or Schultz or anybody like that. I just You can't have that many cooks in the kitchen, especially not as elite-level defensemen like that. I just I don't see it, man. All right, fine. How about Max Domi? That one works. And Max Domi would be terrific. I think that's a different one. Because if you look at it, too, I mean, Carl Hagelin is, is a guy that I mentioned earlier as a possible trade candidate, not because they don't like him, not because he hasn't been a productive player or he's a great fit. It's just after next year he's going to leave. And the Penguins aren't going to go in the free agent market and match the type of money that some team who's desperate might to throw at a guy who's won multiple cups who you know does some very important things. So you figure Carl Hagelin's off of your team after next year. If you can cut that a year short, but yet you've got control over somebody like Max Domi and you can play him with Evgeny Malkin, and there's the relationship there already with Ty Domi and Mario Lemieux, that's sort of why I wrote what I wrote. I've been sort of thinking about that. and um, The first-round pick, falling on some tough times, um, that's happened before. And I wrote that with Shane and Cole and Jamie Alexiak, and the Penguins are a pretty good history of rehabbing these guys and it would make a lot of sense, and I know they've been linked to it, and I know that the Penguins have plenty of interest. I mean, that's not taking a huge leap. A lot of teams would have an interest in Max Domi. I think it's just going to come down to whether Arizona will do it, which I think there's some considerable doubt they will, and what the return will be, or you know, what the asking price will be, I should say. Um, I think it's going to be hefty. Last guy on my wish list, and Carlson's obviously. I mean, that was never going to happen. I just wanted to hear what you had to say because I'd like to at least, I'd like to play him in uh, NHL 19 on my top pair with Chris Letang. That's what I want to do. So that's why I wanted that to happen. But uh, Very well. a guy that I wouldn't mind seeing in here, and I've been in love with him since the trade deadline, and even before that is Michael Grabner. Yep, I, I'm with you, man. He fits the team identity to a T. Um, the only question I would have with Grabner, if you bring him in and you have Haglin, Rust, you know, these speedy wings who kill penalties, like there are only so many of those jobs open. And I also think, what did Grabner make, like 1.2 last year? Yeah. I, I think it's a nice dream, but I don't see there being any way that Grabner comes back making 1.2 again after the, I don't know the goals offhand, but he had a really good offensive year. I mean, you would think, what, up, up over three, maybe four? Some teams gonna pay him that. The Penguins just don't get a, don't have that kind of money. I, I agree with you. I think it'd be a tremendous fit. That's exactly what Mike Sullivan wants to do. But I, it's, I don't know if you can get there financially. Grabner's weird, man. I look at his numbers and he had twenty-seven goals and nine assists two years ago. He had twenty-seven goals and nine assists this year. That's pretty damn good. 
and pretty damn weird. Uh, just what a pretty selfish player. That's tiny. Yeah, you know what? I don't want that guy. He's a selfish player. He's not going to set anyone else up. He just wants to score all the goals himself. That's all the media's fault, actually. It the is. And recovering him and putting too much pressure on him to get assists. Uh, Mackie, I did want to ask this question uh, from a perspective of somebody that covers the team, because I have my thoughts on this, but June 12th, 2009, the Penguins defeated the Detroit Red Wings in Game 7. They won the Stanley Cup. Uh, then in 2015, uh, or pardon me, 16, they defeated the San Jose Sharks to win the Stanley Cup in Game 6. Which one of those do you think should mean more to Penguins fans? Man, that's a good question. Yeah! That's a really good question. Um, I guess I would go Detroit. You know, the first one of Sid's career, the first one of that era. It was a longer wait between them. Um, you know, I, I don't want to say that the Sharks one felt like a repeat, but it, it felt more like a, you know, oh, this is going to happen after all. You know, it's not going to be one and done, like a little bit of a relief. And they're just straight up like crazy jubilation, like we haven't seen this in, what, 15 years or whatever. I don't know my math is bad, but it had been a while. And I, I, that's why I go with that. It just feels a little bit more unique. Mackie, great stuff as always, both in written form and the auditory side of things here. Appreciate your time, and let's do it again. You got it, buddy. Anytime. Have a good one. You too. There he goes, Jason Mackey of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I totally disagree with his last take. I'm going 2016 as the one that I like more than 2009. And my God, in 2009, I ran around my neighborhood like an idiot. My best friend tripped over somebody's cat litter box that had been sitting down outside. I'll never forget it. He scraped his knee all up and... Max Talbot scored a couple of goals. It was amazing. I'm not going to pretend like I didn't love it. It was the first hockey championship that I was ever really conscious for. But 2016, they can't do it. They're the Atlanta Braves. Sidney Crosby's a choker. They only won once. Now he's Peyton Manning. And then he shoved the stick right up their rectum. Right on up. Suck on this. You see what I'm writing here? Sidney Crosby on the Stanley Cup. Second time. Bite me. I love that. Because the Penguins hadn't lived up to their destiny, right? Their destiny was to win multiple cups. I can still hear Stan saying it in my head a million times. As I was his producer for about a year and a half, and Stan would always say, this team has been put together to win not one Stanley Cup, This team was put together to win multiple cups. And they didn't until they did. And when they did, oh, daddy. Got a bunch of tweets on that, at underscore Adam Crowley. What do you think made you more excited? 09, 2016, both done on this date. Coming up next, more on Antonio Brown. Also, Dennis Rodman's the greatest athlete of all time. It's a Crowley show. A.B. talk today. Whenever I read the quotes on Twitter from guys like Mark Cabali and Dale Lally, people who were in there, I understood what he was saying. Whenever I heard it live, I didn't understand what he was saying. So I played it again and again and again and again. And now we'll break it down for you so I can tell you what he meant. 
And then we can decide whether or not you're pissed off about it. How's that sound? Here's A.B. from earlier today. Love practice, right? You, you hear all the time. Yeah. Well, it's a tough time, you know, the time you live in. You know, you start to think from the perspective of my kids. You know, the time I miss out from their lives. You know, obviously, you know, me being away, they're down in Florida. So, you know, I started to think what's important. You know, if I'm playing football to make a lot of money, or I'm playing football to take care of my family. Stop! You know, so. Stop! Am I playing football to make a lot of money? Or am I playing football to take care of my family? Yes. Hard yes. Yes. He asked the same question. Am I playing football to make money or to take care of my family? I think the money you make playing football helps take care of your family. Literal. 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 Some of the decisions and things I think about. Maybe they don't come here every day. What I'm sorry. Did A.B. not be, did Ben not being here have any impact on that decision? I play with any quarterback. No matter All right, who's stop. Here, I, play. I play with any quarterback. Unless it's against Arizona and it's Landry Jones and he throws one of my feet, then I will throw a complete hissy fit. Oh, okay, let it roll. I play with the Steelers. It's not one guy that I'm, you know, it's not one guy. But, again, you guys write the stories, you know. Uh, I got to wake up to the Google alerts. You guys, you know, constantly under stop the pressure. It. I can't. <laughs> I wake up to the Google alert. Like we're all sending like vicious Google alerts, like firing them at Antonio Brown. Antonio <laughs> Brown, terrible teammate, worst human being. That's how he wakes up. Come on, you know how hard it is to dodge Google alerts? I mean, those things come quick, man. You know what? There's nothing he can do. You don't know they're there until they're there. Yeah, there's no button on his phone to turn the Google alert off. <laughs> no, not at all. Maybe That'd switch to too- Yahoo alerts. <laughs> uh, they're a little bit lacking. Not going to wake up as much in the middle of the night. Put your phone on vibrate! And who's putting stories up in the middle of the night, honestly? Right! Like, they're all in by then. And Antonio, the way you work out, man, you should be awake in the morning when these things do come out. Let it roll. Go nowhere and work out by myself. Fans come meet me at the field. You know, I can't do nothing normal. Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! He's blaming the media for not being able to work out in public. But he's in public working out. Public is public. People can be there. Oh, yeah, by the way, I'm not tweeting out the location of Antonio Brown. I'm not Snapchatting the location of his workout. He is. Look at how many rings I ran through today. Look at how many footballs I caught. In the background, it just says Norwin High School. Oh, where do you think he's practicing? I think Norwin High School. Let it roll. I was right about me every day. My mom, my kids see it. So we have to deal with these type of things, you know. Uh, and I started to think to myself, am I really free? Stop you know, it! Really... Tries to think to himself. You have to think to yourself. <laughs> you, you, Who else can you think to? I'm going to think of both of you. Yeah. What are you thinking right now? What are you thinking right now? Shut up, I'm thinking at you. <laughs> I'm thinking at you too, bro. <laughs> About- my mom has to read it. My kids have to read it. Tell them to turn their Google alerts off. Your kids aren't reading articles. No. <laughs> what did Dale Lolly have to say about Daddy today? What did Dale Lolly write about Antonio Brown? What you write about my Daddy today? The kids like, oh, I forgot to renew my subscription to DKMitchforsports.com. I thought that comment in the comment section that little AB's kid number one. <laughs> Like, I thought it was just some random. That was really his kid. It's not burner accounts. It's AB's kid. <laughs> yeah. My daddy looks great in a tie. 
He looks great in a tie. Don't you be saying anything about his hair. Let it roll. Expressing myself in this game, I can't really tell you guys how I feel. You guys make the pressure to put pressure on me all the time. Am I really free? You know, and I go to asking myself that. Being her guards is taking away time from my kids and everything that's going on. Okay, so. now wait. <laughs> He'd have more time with his kids if they weren't reading Dale Lolly all day. Yes! Long. <laughs> <laughs> the kids are subscribed to The Athletic to read Mark Avoli's takes. The, the awful irony in all of this is that Antonio Brown skips OTAs to hang out with his kids, and his kids, instead of sitting on daddy's lap as they're going down a roller coaster, are reading the internet. All the things that Jeremy Fowler writes. They're checking down their Google alerts. <laughs> what did Jim Wexel say about Daddy today? Daddy, can we go out and play? You finish your Google alerts. You know there's no going out until you finish your Google alerts. He's talking about a job. That's what he's talking about. I can't spend time with my family when I'm at work. Am I with my dog right now? Am I with my wife? Or am I spending my time yucking it up with these two chuckleheads? That's life! Whether it's football or anything else! Daddy, Jerry Dulac said you did real good. <laughs> Craig Wolfley thinks you're a baby. <laughs> Mark Madden don't like you, Daddy. <laughs> Let it roll. I had to get away to you know, free my mind. What did you learn from that process? Stop it! Well, I'm still he didn't learn anything. Roll it! Under pressure, you know, you guys in my face asking me about not showing up to... Volunteer practice, you know, that's the world we live in, though. It was kind of funny, though, wasn't it? You were talking about Le'Veon saying he. Nah, you guys, you guys paint me a. Daddy, why is Mike Pursuta hate you? <laughs> well, Pursuta's question's a good one. If, it is a good question. Yeah, if Le'Veon Bell would have let him go, the question was, or Antonio Brown would have let him go, he's going to talk about Le'Veon Bell. Isn't it kind of funny that you said Le'Veon should be here? And yet you're not here, and then Antonio Brown starts talking about painting himself into a portrait or something. Picture to talk about Le'Veon. I, I'm not involved with Le'Veon business or his contract. You guys write about it and say, "Oh, AB says he show up." I just say the first rule again: better to show. I didn't say he got to show up. He got his own business. But that's what I go back to. All right, stop it. Here's what he said: "Quote, well, the first rule of getting better is showing up. You can't make anything better without showing up. So I think if you show up, I think everyone will understand where you want to be." That you want to come here, just not this year, but for years to come. Come out here, show up, show you want to get better, and show guys you're serious. And quote, that does not seem vague to me. Sounds like he's talking about Le'Veon. Sounds like the picture that you got painted into was a picture that you painted with your own brush, Le'Veon, Antonio. I gotta stop doing that. They both screw up so damn often, I confuse the two of them. Let it roll. You guys put the pressure on me all the time. In regards to life, in regards to everything, and, and we just supposed to take it. You know, that, that, ain't, that ain't freedom. Do you have any problem with Bruce Arians or Mike Tomlin based off your I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have Stop a problem it. with any. Antonio Brown goes on here to say, I don't have a problem with anybody. I don't have a problem with this. I don't have a problem with that. Meanwhile, he's tweeting about how Mike T sat him down his rookie year. He's tweeting about Bruce Arians in the offense they ran. Obviously, there's something there. This ain't all just the media, Antonio. Uh, I just feel like as a player, you, you play this game so much, you know, never get a chance to really express yourself. Dunk. You know, everyone's telling us to, you know, bottle yeah. everything up. And, you know, yeah. and, you know, when I reflect on my career, you know, there's a lot of people, you know, that, that put a lot of pressure on me. And, you know, when I take time to reflect, you know, I reflect like, you know, 
guys who have made it hard on me for no reason. Antonio Brown <laughs> has more freedom than just about anybody in this league. He can tweet what he wants. He can say what he wants. There have been zero repercussions. Antonio Brown used to be the guy who did front flips and would dance and get penalized, and now he won't because the league changed the rules. When you put yourself out on social media, the way that he puts himself out on social media, whenever you talk the way that you talk, whenever you throw Gatorade coolers the way that he throws Gatorade coolers, guess what? There's going to be some reaction that comes with it. Whether it's right or wrong, fans are passionate, and they will throw you venom, man. They will come after you. Because not everything you do is going to be interpreted the way you want it to be interpreted. But when you throw a Gatorade cooler, that's not going to be interpreted well. That's going to look like you being selfish. When you flip out because of ball thrown in your feet by Landry Jones, that's not going to go well for you. It's not going to look good. Whenever you talk about Le'Veon Bell and then don't show up to OTAs, you're going to look like a hypocrite. This ain't the media. It's him talking to the media. We're the middleman. We're getting all of his messages out to the people. But they are the messages that he's giving us. Oh, we got to get to Belgium, don't we? I forgot all about Belgium. Did you know that the Big Bang Theory originated in Belgium? Hate that show. TV show? Yeah. Oh, wait, no. No, the origin of the universe theory in 1927. Uh, That's my bad. Yeah, I'm sorry. Brussels South Charleroi Airport is the most punctual airport in Europe. Oh, that's nice. Cricket is thought to be a Belgian invention, not British. How'd they invent the bugs? Huh. Huh. Genetic engineers, those Belgians. They are. Hey, did you know that uh, they also genetically engineered the Smurfs? Mm. Did you know that Belgian men are the second tallest in the world? Did you know that they tried initially to engineer the Smurfs, but ended up with the Snorks? Bastard stepchild, so those little blue things. Underwater Cretans. Did you know that Belgium was the world's second country to legalize same-sex marriage? That's all I got on Belgium. Oh, well, let me help you. Did you know that television was introduced to Belgium in 1953? Two channels. One in Dutch, one in French. That's for French people and Dutch people. Well, what do the Belgianese do? No TV for them. Another interesting fact. Belgium, it's one of the rare countries where education is compulsory until you're 18 years old. And as we learned in an earlier country, compulsory means, what did it mean? You have to do it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We're learning so many things here on the we Crowley really Show. We really are. Did you know that Antwerp is the diamond capital of the world? What's Antwerp? It's a uh, city. Oh. Huh. I thought that was in Sierra Leone. Oh, actually, upon, I think, Antwerp. Yeah, it's a country. Or a city. City, city. Yeah, yeah. Brussels International Airport, world's largest chocolate selling point. Really? At the airport. At the airport. At the airport. That's wild. Yeah. Is that where they sell those Toblerone bars? I think so. Are those Belgium? Yeah, sure. It's all Euro. It's all Euro. Coming up next. Hey, did you know the North Sea is the lowest point in Belgium? Lowest point. Way like lower than everything else. So low. Is Dennis Rodman Belgium the goat? Belgium had the first openly gay prime minister in Europe. His name, Elio de Rupa. 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 
And Crosby and Ovechkin are different, and that's okay. 80% of billiard players use the Aramith pool balls made in Belgium. It's a Crowley Show. ESPN Pittsburgh.